All right. Rifle, I'm going to give you permission because uh, we've gone over a little bit. You take an extra 10 minutes this morning. Is it okay for Rifle to preach a little bit longer this morning so you can get everything in? Good morning, everybody. Um, last week, didn't finish everything, so we'll start a little bit with what we spoke on last week. If we go to Isaiah 49, verse 1. There's some new people, new faces here for the first time as well. So we're just talking the sermon series we're busy with is living the resurrected life. And it's all about a partnership. Jason spoke about that today as well. We, we get to partner with God. He allows us to partner with Him. And it's up to you and I to choose how deep we want to go into this partnership or how shallow we want to stay. God doesn't make that rule and say, this is how far you can come. He says, come as far as you want. So it's our choice to say, I want more or, you know, I'm really happy with where I am now. I don't want more of God. That's a choice we can make every single day. Isaiah 49.1, listen, O coastlands, to me and take heed, you people from afar. The Lord has called me from the womb, from the matrix of my mother. He has made mention of my name. This is the New King James or the King James Version. So from the matrix of my mother, he has made mention of my name. So there's so much in that last verse there. He has made mention. He, God spoke about Jesus even before he was there. He made mention of his name. His name, who is he? He's the Prince of Peace. He's, I mean, there's so much in this. But matrix, what is a matrix? We spoke about the movie that we saw, but this is what matrix really is. This is a definition of matrix. Something that constitutes the place or point from which something else originates. Okay, I'll read that again. Something that constitutes the place or point from which something else originates. Okay? Something else develops or gets forms in this place. It's a substance or an environment in which something has its origin or takes form. So the matrix is a mold, M-O-L-D. It's a mold. We spoke about that. So what is a mold? You put stuff in the mold, and then you know exactly what's going to come out of that mold. Just by looking at the mold, by looking at the matrix, you know what it's going to produce. What is the matrix? It's a certain area, a certain substance, a certain place where something else comes from. Okay? So that's the start of all things is the matrix. So the matrix, you can look at that, and out of the matrix comes something else. The something else does not just happen. And so many times, unfortunately, we are deceived, and we just say, how did that happen? Where did that come from? It came from the matrix. It came from a previous disposition or position that was filled with something, and out of that something came this, whatever this may be. And that's what we were speaking about last week, is the, the matrix of us, our heart. And that's why we read, and we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 4 now, where the wisest man, other than Jesus, probably still wrote, he said, above all things, 
You must guard your heart. Guard your matrix. Be careful what you put into your matrix. Be careful what you allow into your matrix because out of that matrix comes your life. What you put in here is what is going to come out. So make sure you don't allow stuff in these ears that should not be listened to. Make sure you don't look at stuff your eyes should not be placed upon. Make sure words don't come in and out of here that should not be spoken. Because these are all gateways to your matrix, to your heart. And if you don't guard your heart, out of your heart comes your life. Jesus says, Luke 6.45, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A great test. What have you and I been saying the last two weeks of our lives? What have you been speaking? What has caught you off guard? And then what was your response in the words that you spoke? What has come that you did not expect and it hit you flat down on the ground? What did you say while you were lying on the ground? Because that's what's in your heart. What have you been putting in your heart all the time, all the time, all the time? Because it doesn't matter what happens then, what's in here is going to come out. So if someone is hit down so hard and they're lying on their back and they can only see stars, whatever they have put in here is whatever is going to come out of here. That's why this man of God says, from the Lord, he says, guard your heart above all things. Because if you don't look after your heart, stuff is going to come out of there that you do not want to come out. And this is the choice. This is the partnership that we can walk in with God. When someone speaks something and I know, uh, 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 that just does not line up with the goodness of my Abba, I refuse that even to be allowed to come into my ears. And you may seem weird. You may seem silly. You may seem, but at the end of the day, seeming silly but living in peace is much better than seeming cool and having your life full of chaos. You're my choice. Do we want to look good to the world or do we want to live in a peace that surpasses all understanding? But to walk in the peace that surpasses all understanding, you are going to look to the world, you're going to look weird. You're going to be different. But get used to it because you are a peculiar people. You are different. You have been converted from death unto life. How much different? I mean, there is no greater difference than that. If you just and I just realize that, then we should walk around just our footsteps should be different than other people's because there's something in us that the other people do not have. That's how different we are. And if we realize that and walk in that, life will become different the way it should be different. Everywhere Jesus went, man, people came. Some of them couldn't explain him. They didn't have an answer for him, but they followed him. They wanted to see, what's he going to do next? Everywhere he went, the Bible says, there were great crowds. There were people. They just came. Why? Because he was different. Why was he different? Because he said, I only do what I see my father do. My, my father's good. My father's amazing. My father is love. And this is what he wants for you. 
They couldn't understand it. They were under the law. They had no clue about what was going on. But they had to follow that man, whether they liked him or not, whether they believed in him or not. You see, that's the thing. So many people don't believe in what we believe in, but they must still follow you to see how you're going to live because they know there's something different. There's something about your life that I just can't put my finger on it, but man, I've got to see what you're going to do next because you're just so different to how other people in the world act. That's the difference. And when we allow the word into our heart, the word is going to come out. Therefore, guard your heart with all diligence. So, okay, let's go uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. We spoke about this last week. If you were not here, it's all on the computer downloaded. You can go and check it out. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, your matrix, for they are life to those who find them. Finding means you have to search. You have to look. They don't just fall into your lap. You have to go out and look for them. You look for them like treasure. You find them. It, they are health to all their flesh. The literal word is medicine or a cure in the Hebrew. We did that last week. Then we spoke a little bit. We stopped here. Verse 23. Keep your heart. Another translation says guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it spring the issues of life. Now that word issues, very interesting word. Get this. Uh, in the Hebrew, 8444, tautsaof, the Hebrew word. That word issues in the Hebrew means borders. Borders. B-O-R-D-E-R. Border. Border means one country ends here, the border starts, another country starts there. Guard your heart, because out of your heart are the borders of life. You and I constantly, constantly are changing the borders of our heart. We're constantly changing the borders of our life. Had it been a negative way, or it can be in a positive way, it's your and my choice. But we are constantly changing, moving the borders in our heart. What is a border? The most simple way I can explain this is Peter. In the beginning in, in Luke, he's standing on the boat. Jesus says, have you caught anything? They said, you're a carpenter. What do you know about fishing? We've been toiling all night. We've been fishing. We got nothing. Jesus says, cast your nets to the other side. Doesn't believe him. What does he know? In any case, so Peter is standing in a boat on the water with a net with other people around. And in his heart, his border is we can't catch anything. That's his border. That's how far his border is. We can't catch anything because we've tried all night. We've got nothing. What do you know? Later in the Bible, and only Matthew mentions this, they have to pay tax. Jesus says, you have the money? I say, no, we don't. Jesus says, okay, go cast in a line, a hook. And when you catch the first fish, so there may have been a second there may have been a third. We don't know. But Jesus says, out of the first fish's mouth, you'll find a coin. Take that and you go pay your tax and my tax. Did Peter stand there and say, well, I don't know. That. Who's a, well, money in a fish's mouth? How did we? He didn't do that. He went and obeyed. Can you see how his border was moved? The border in his heart from, man, I'm on a boat with nets and people all around me that can help me. We can't catch anything. And moving that border of his heart 
to where Jesus says, go and catch fish, and out of its mouth you will get money. And he says, I have moved that border of my heart to such a place, I'm just going to go and do that. Guard your heart above all things, because out of it are your borders of your life. Every day. If I use my own life, my borders for doing evil and wicked was huge. I had a huge border for that. And now, because of what I have placed in my heart, it's got nothing to do with me. It's just one thing that I did, and it was my choice to say I'm going to choose above everything else. I'm going to place the word in my heart and take out that which I have allowed in there. And now, by God's grace and the power of his word, my border for wickedness and evil is minute. It's very, very, very small. And that's not praise or anything, believe me. I've made such a mess of my life when I was doing things my way. But now that border is, is so amazing for me to watch. Because I know a couple of years ago where my border was. And every now and then, a circumstance will come my way where it says, move your border on the evil, the wicked way. And I'm just, I'm immovable. I'm immovable because of the word. It's got nothing to do with anything. About two weeks ago, I went, I went for a massage. I love massages. I think they're one of God's greatest gifts to mankind other than the five-fold ministry. So I go for a massage. When you hurt your back at gym and you go and they just rub that stuff out. Man, I remember going to Thailand and having those Thai massages. I would have three a day to the point where they could not touch me anymore because my pressure points were blue and black where they put their... And I walked around singing John Mellencamp for a month. Hurt so good. <laughs> it's the only song I could sing the whole time. Hurt so good. Blue marks. All my pressure points. I know exactly where pressure points are because I can remember where those marks were on my body. In any case, I go to this massage place and walk in there. and Just one lady there. Now you have to understand, I am so saved. I'm not even thinking anything sin anymore. Not because of me, because of what the Word has done in my life. Okay, so I'm walking there just for massage. So walking there, ladies explaining stuff. I see this, you know, I'm thinking it's explained as a nice uh, professional Swedish massage. But they've got gym things in there. They've got other things. I'm thinking to myself, this can't, you're not a professional masseuse and a gym con you know, trainer at the same time. You do one or the other. In any case, so now, I'm, 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 like I say, I'm, you have to realize I'm saved. I'm born again. I've got Jesus full on, on the inside of me. And that's all I want is him and his ways. So I walk in there. She says, there's a room going there. So I go, I'm looking for the gown. You put a towel on or a gown, you know, so I'm there and I'm watching. So she, this lady says, you can lie here. And she says, you can, if you want to, I don't mind, you can go commando. I'm thinking commando. Now, in my mind, these things, Commander, what is... I, I have no idea, but I know there was a movie, Commander, I think. <laughs> I'm thinking of the Commander, but now I'm, I, I, I teach a study method class, and in there I tell you that everything you've seen or heard is somewhere in your mind. So I've heard that Commander, Commander, and I'm, I'm in there, I'm thinking, oh, Commander, Commander, Commander. 
I think it means to go naked. Is that right? Am I right? Am I wrong? That comes from a commander, yeah, to go naked. So this lady who's going to do the massage says to me, you can lie here, commando, if you want. It's okay with me. I don't mind. Commando. And I, I realize what she's saying. I think commando. I said there's one commando here. That commando is you will love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, your neighbor as yourself. And the second commando, which is likened to this, is thou shalt keep thy pants on at all times. And the third commando is if you can't obey, commando one and two is flee youthful lust. That's the only commando I know. So I say, I've got my wedding. This is a weapon. This is a weapon. This is not just some pretty little piece of metal on my finger because I've got nowhere else to put it. I've got this because there's someone at home waiting, praying, believing, standing up for me who I go home to every single day. Commander, what in the world are you thinking? So I just explained to her, you know, I've just, no, thank you, you know, whatever. But my border, years ago, man, commando, all day long if you want. <laughs> but because the word has changed my border, because I have looked after my heart, I can't do that anymore. I, I cannot do that. Remember Joseph, when he ran and he, he fled and he said, how can I do this? to my God. And if we can have a revelation of the power of the word, so many situations will come across our path that we will be able to say, how can I do this to my God? Because no one is there. No one is watching. Nobody will ever know. But he will. Because he's there. God, your heart child of God. Do not sit and watch these scary horror movies. Don't turn that internet on late at night if you know you shouldn't be doing that. Don't open the email that says, just have a quick peek here. Guard your heart because you don't want that stuff in there. Because out of it comes your life. Okay. Commando. Verse 24. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. In this partnership with God, you can choose what words you want to speak. You can choose what words you want to speak. That's an amazing privilege, but yet a great responsibility. That you can utter your mouth and say whatsoever you wish. But we have to understand that in the word it tells us how powerful our words are. So we must be careful how we use this weapon and gift of words. Because there is power in them. And when we realize that we were made in God's image and God's likeness, we go back to the first page of your Bible in Genesis where God comes out and he sees darkness. Everything is void. He sees chaos. What does our Abba say when he sees the problem? 
he speaks the answer. So he sees darkness, but he calls for light. If we are made in his image and in his likeness, when we see a problem, we should speak the answer. The Bible clearly states that we can have what we say, but so many of us are saying what we have. And it just stays the way we have it. Because Proverbs 18.21, death and life are in the power of your tongue. And those who use it, you're going to eat the fruit thereof. So you keep on speaking. You know, back in, I don't know, 70s, 80s, word of faith started and people started Mark 11 that apparently um, Kenneth Hagen wrote. Mark 11, 24, 25, 26. Kenneth Hagen put those there where he says, you know, when you speak to this mountain and you doubt not in your heart and that which you say, that will come to pass. It doesn't matter how abused that principle has been made. Because everything that there's a truth to, the enemy is going to take that and he's going to try and make that ridiculous. And the power of your words has been made ridiculous by certain people. By taking the word of faith, what they believe, words have power, and just going to the complete extreme where you can't make a joke about anything. Don't say this anymore. Keep quiet because this will come upon you. That's not what the word is saying there. But that has been so abused. But there's still the truth of when you speak to something, you better watch what you say because that is going to happen. Why? Because you made in his likeness. Your words have power, whether you like it or not. We cannot get away from death and life or in the power of our tongue. And that's just the truth. No matter how that principle has been abused, it is in the word. And we have the power in our mouth to bless and we have the power in our mouth to curse. Parents, teachers, ministers, every time you speak to someone, you can bless or you can curse. And you can choose the words that come out of your mouth. And the amazing thing is in Matthew 12, Jesus says, if you don't like what is in your heart, this is the most amazing thing. Jesus says, change it. If you don't like what's in here, no big deal. Change it. Get rid of it. Pull this root out and put the seed, the word of God in there till the seed and the word of God comes out. But you don't have to walk in the way that your parents and your grandparents and whatever they were in and how they lived and all the sickness and disease and poverty and everything they had. That's not for you. Because as soon as you step in Christ, you're a new creation. You're a new creature. All things have passed. All things have become new. So we have that choice to walk in that newness of life. So if you don't like the way your parents were living or what they did or grandparents or your family history, you can change it by changing what is in your heart. So therefore Jesus says, uh, not Jesus, but Solomon says, watch, he says, put away from you a deceitful mouth. Deceit is also just lying, you know? And, and we too many times, like I said last week, God bless their hearts, but so many times doctors only know what they've learned in a medical book. They can only see what the MRI or the CAT scan can give them. They're there to help. They're good. They want, most of them want to do as much as they can for you. But if you can say that this book or this machine is the highest knowledge, the highest form of truth, the highest form of intelligence in the entire universe, man, there has to be something bigger than that machine. Yeah. 
there has to be a mind, there has to be something that made it able for mankind to make that amazing machine. But there's something greater and more amazing than the great and amazing machine. And that's God. So when they come and they say, there's, there's no hope, this is you, this is what you be, you can choose to speak the truth by his stripes, I was healed, my father's always for me, if God is for me, who's against me? Or you can say, well, the doctor said I've got six months, I am going to die. What you've just done is you've made the facts your highest form of reality, and you've lied against the truth, because the truth says by his stripes you were healed. And we get that wrong so many times, and so many people have passed before their time because we lied against the truth. We didn't stand on the truth. We allowed those words in our heart, and then that is what came out. And we enforced it, and it's just a bad snowball. But we can make it a good snowball. We can make it a positive effect as well. It's our choice how we use this. So put away from you a deceitful mouth. Put perverse lips far from you. Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Can you imagine if we had King David here today to teach on this verse? Can you imagine if Solomon's daddy was here today and he would say, I want to teach you on one verse. And that is what you, you let your eyes fall upon. Because you see all the time the enemy is there. He's putting stuff in front of your eyes. He's putting thoughts in your mind. There's nothing wrong with that. You can't help being tempted. You can't help this stuff. You can't help driving down the highway, and there's a billboard with a lady that's just trying to prove that global warming is true, and she's got very little clothes on, just telling you how hot it really is out there. You can't help that. But you can help driving past that board every single day, and as you go by. Be careful what your eyes look at. And one of the greatest men who walked the face of the earth, King David will tell you, just standing on a roof, seeing someone, and then looking again, seeing that she was really beautiful because he just kept on looking at the wrong thing. And when you have this in you and you've got a family at home that are believing and standing and you've got church people that, that believe in you, it's so much easier to see that which the enemy puts in your mind and you know I'm not just living for myself. This little thing is... It, it, it doesn't just hurt you. It doesn't just come against you. Because when you fall, there are other people behind you. There are other people that believe in you. There are other people that are standing with you. A and they don't want you to go through that. So you and I don't just do stuff or do not do stuff just for us. It's because there are other people in our corner. We are the body of Christ. There's another limb, there's another part of the body that's going to get hurt when we go and do stuff we shouldn't. And when we start living for that part of life, for that way of looking at things and not just the me and the right now, nobody will know, then we're going to see the results that God has intended for the church to walk and live in. Ponder the path of your feet. Let all your ways be established. Ponder, think about Psalms, they have Selah. Think about where, where are your feet going? How are you doing at work? What's your testimony at work? When you come to work, are you one of the different ones that are all you're on time and you're willing to help people? Or are you just putting in time to just go there, clock in and clock out? What's your testimony? 
What, what are you pondering at work? What are your feet? Where are you walking and people looking at you? What is, because the Bible says we're epistles. People are reading us all the time. What are they reading about you wherever you go? Ponder. Think about where your feet are going. Because you see your soul, your mind has to tell your foot where it's going. Your foot doesn't just go and you follow. So when your soul is right, when you're thinking right, when you have that sound mind, you tell your foot, no, you do not go there. We're going this way. But before you can do that, if you are doing that, ponder. Think about the, the, the path that you are on and where you're allowing your feet to go. Ponder where your feet are going. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. Just one little small bad decision can lead you into so much trouble. I'm, I'm walking testimony of that, I, you know, my life personally. But there are guys in prison. You can go and talk. I mean, just, I just did one thing bad. I'm not a bad person. I just did one little, you know. But you know what? On the positive side, one step in the right direction can change your entire life as well. And we always focus on the negative. But just one decision to say, you know what? I'm not going to put my foot there. Man, that can save a whole world of trouble. One little decision. One minister that I like listening to, Jerry Savelle, when he got saved and he woke up, he's going to wake up and he's going to pray in the morning. He woke up at 6 o'clock. He was going to pray and read the Bible every day for one hour. And he would wake up. He would go in the study. At 8 o'clock, he would wake up in the study because he was going to read and pray. Good heart. Wants to be with God. Waking up doing this. Then his study's not working because it's too comfortable. He would go into the lounge. At 6 o'clock, he would be there with his word. And he'd wake up at 7.30. And he said, you know what, this is not working. So he said, what I'm going to do now, every single day for the first hour when I wake up, I'm going to stand on the bath. Because I cannot fall asleep while standing on the bath. And I will read and I will pray for an hour because I cannot fall off when I'm standing on the bath. I have to stay awake. That was him pondering the path of his feet. And today he's been in ministry for, ministry for almost 50 years. And one decision in the right way. First of all, to wake up at 6 to pray. That was the right thing. But then wake up in a comfortable chair. It eh, doesn't really work that well. Unless you really, really want to soak. <laughs> so falling asleep the whole time, realizing I've, I've got to do more than just wake up. Okay, you know, I'm going to stand on the edge of the bath for an hour. And I'm going to read and I'm going to pray. And just that one decision in the right way has caused 50 years of ministry and so many people coming to know the Lord, visitations of God himself because of that one right decision. You and I can choose today to make an extra little right decision for God. That can, 50 years from now, we can look back and say, well, remember that day that I chose to do just that one little thing and look what that one step has done for me. It's our choice. Okay. If we go to Psalms 105, verse 37. This is where God's people leave Egypt. So he also brought them out with silver and gold, and there was none feeble among his tribes. That's amazing. So here they slaves for, I think, 400 years. They're working. They're getting beaten. They've got to make bricks, and now they leave, and they've got gold and silver, and, and they're just rich. So much gold, so much silver. What was that gold and silver for? Some of it was for them, and some of it was to make the temple. 
not everything was for God for him to make his temple. Because when the people brought, they said, okay, you, you've brought enough. This is, this is too much. Take back. So in other words, it wasn't all that God would give them so that they can give it back to him. But in their generosity, they came and the people said, that's enough. Keep, keep the rest for you. You guys have done well. So now they have all of this gold. They have all of the silver. And let's go to Exodus chapter 32. We know what happens here is the golden calf. Moses goes up the mountain. People are complaining. They call the high priest Aaron. Where's this Moses gone? 40 days. This is long, man. We don't know where he is. Is he coming back? Has he left off? Is God on our side? So he's busy. And now they come to, to Aaron and they say, make us a God. And so many times, the most, to me, amazing thing about this is that we laugh at this and we learn from this, but they didn't have the word. We do. But yet sometimes we make the same mistakes as they do, yet we have the word. You know, they've, they've seen miracles. Man, if I saw the Red Sea open, I'd be a believer. I don't know about you. I'm just speaking for myself. I saw those plagues. I would be a believer. You didn't believe, that's fine, but I would be a believer. I see manna from heaven, quails. I would believe. I don't. I'm speaking for myself, but I would believe. And, and we do that. But yet today, we've been saved. We've been brought from darkness into light. And God has done so many things for us. And if he's done nothing for you but saved you, there's so many people in this church that have testimony upon testimony upon testimony that you can say, wow, if I see that, I, I, I'd be a believer. And we don't have excuses. They did. They didn't have the word. They couldn't read what we just read about guarding your heart. Look upon what your eye is focusing on. They were slaves. They had nothing but Pharaoh. So now the story goes on. And if we look here in verse 24, they say to him, make this golden calf. Moses comes down. He's absolutely furious. And he just wants to kill and call down fire and these people, this and that. And he comes to Aaron and he speaks to Aaron. <laughs> and this verse is so funny. It's not, but it is. And I said to them, whoever has any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me. And I cast it into the fire. And this calf came out. What a miracle. Glory be to God. It, 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 it just happened. You see how ridiculous that is? But so many times, we sometimes as well get into a circumstance and we... Uh, how in the world did that? <laughs> and if God were there, he, he'd start, can you remember this when I told you that? Remember that word? Remember that? And if we were really, really truthful to say, how did that happen? We sometimes really do not want to know because there's just one answer. You put some stuff in your heart that shouldn't have been there. And now those seeds that were sown, they've harvested it's time to pick your crop. And we don't like that. You know, God's merciful. We can go back. But I mean, this is just how, how ignorant, how silly, how, how dumb do you think people can be? But they didn't have. They were seeing these golden calves. They were seeing these images from generation to generation. They had nothing else. 
So it's understandable that he tries to explain this by, I just threw it in a fire and that came out. And even in that day, Moses was saying, no, it didn't happen like that. It doesn't happen that way. But so many of us today, unfortunately, are saying the same thing. Ah, I, I have no idea what, how this happened. But we have the word. But we have to guard our hearts. Because whatever we put in, you see they were working. They were seeing these golden calves. They were seeing all that. They were hearing you slaves. They were hearing their parents say, well, you know, the God of our forefathers, man, they did this. And there was a man, Adam, in a... But they were seeing and they were hearing that they slaves. And where is God? I don't know. For 300 years, we haven't seen anything but brick, brick, brick. And this is ingrained. It's in here and it's in them. It's who they are. And now God gives them this gold and this silver. Because you see, God can give you anything and you can use it for whatever you want. You see, you can use your computer to go and listen to the most amazing teachings, sermons, open the Greek and the Hebrew lexicon, look at all of that stuff, or you can choose to look at pornography. It's the same computer. God can give you a guitar, and Pastor Jason can stand up there, and he can sing and worship and praise and glorify God, and he can go home and take that same guitar and sing about killing people and hurting and murder and rape and violence and blood and death on the same very instrument. And God can put something in your hand that you can use to become so amazing. So many times, blessings that God has put in people's hands have ruined them because they used it for the wrong manner. They used it the wrong way. And we ask, bless, 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 and God does. But sometimes we don't use what he gives us the right way, and then that becomes our downfall. So here they have, we just read the verse, they have the gold, they have the silver, they have everything. And what do they choose to make with it? That which was on the inside of them, they made with it. So if you've got God in here and you've got the word, and when he gives you something, you're going to use that to line up with what's on the inside of you. People talk about money, money so evil, money. This money on the table is not good or bad. Money, money is an amplifier. It just amplifies who or what you are. That's all money does. Because you see, you can walk down the street, there can be somebody there, and you know God's telling you to give him one dollar. You think to yourself, God, my salary is so small. If, if I make a thousand dollars a month because I'm only making a hundred now, then I'll give him a dollar. No. You wouldn't. It's an amplifier of your heart. Because you see, you can make $100 a week and you can go and cheat on your wife in Motel 6. That costs 10 bucks a night. And then you can get a raise and you can make $1,000 a week. And all you're going to do is go to a better restaurant and a better hotel to still cheat because that's on the inside of you. Money wasn't good or evil. It was what was on the inside of you that came out. So you can choose that money to live and use it to give it to that man and bless him. Or you can use that money for something that God doesn't want you to. But constantly, day by day, we get stuff in our hand. And how do we use that? How do people see what we have that has been placed in our hands by God? Do we use it well? Or do people look at us and say, ah, you know what? That guy walks around with that book wherever he goes, but man, where's the power in his... We, we're not that kind of people. That's not who we are. Therefore, we watch our hearts. We wouldn't be here on a Sunday morning if we didn't want to put good stuff in our hearts. 
we wouldn't be here if we didn't want more of God. And today, faith comes by hearing. You are hearing more. So when you leave this place, the boundary of your heart for goodness has been expanded. Just by being here, listening to this word. Just by going home and the next time somebody comes and they say, Money, you're going to be thinking about Peter. Man, if he could believe God for money in a fish's mouth, and the first time he couldn't believe catching money or fish with a net, that's in me now. It's in you. You can't help it. It's in you right now. That seed has been sown. And that is what will come up the next time something financially comes your way. You're not going to make it. You lost your job. You can't do this. It's not. Oh, no, no, no. God is no respect of person. Look what he did for Peter. What he did for Peter, he will do for me. And if God be for me, who can be against me? And that is in you now, so that is what is going to come out. So much here, but I'll end with this verse. Ephesians 6, verse 14. Ephesians 6, 14. Stand there, so we know this is the truth. It talks about the shield of faith and the sword and the spirit, the word and all of that. But then this verse 14, it says, Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness. What does the breastplate guard? Breastplate guards your heart. So God says, he says, my child... Now you saved, you in me, put this on daily, and just put this on because you already saved. I am in your heart. Just put this because it guards your heart. So nothing can come in and out unless you allow it. So don't just guard. Put the breastplate on there. And so many times the enemy comes and he says, man, you're doing this. You're not doing right. You're not living up to what you shouldn't. And we know people who are doing that. But God says, you're righteous. God says, you saved. God says, you washed in the blood. God says, you're my child. God says, I am for you. No matter what anybody else says, God says, your heart is covered with a breastplate of righteousness. God says, you may be living a lifestyle that you should not be living now, but it still doesn't change the fact that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who you are, and that will never change. So all you have to do if you're living that way is just... Wow, ponder the path of your feet and make one little step in the other direction. But it doesn't change your righteousness. It doesn't change the plan that God has for your life. And so many of us sit and the enemy comes and he rides us with guilt and condemnation and making you feel bad and you're not going to make it and you're no good and all of that. But he can't do that because I've got a breastplate of righteousness over my heart. My heart is guarded above all things. Because my righteousness is going to come out. Whether I act it or not, I am righteous. So you may be here or you may know somebody that's not acting the way they should be acting. But it's okay because God says you're still my child. You are still righteous irrespective of what you are doing. I've paid the price. I've given you these weapons. I never take them back. That's why I say every day do this. Stand there for pray all kinds of prayer because they're yours, and they will never, ever be removed from you by me. If you want to take them off, but don't do it. Therefore, stand, because you're righteous, and your heart is covered. Therefore, you can't allow anything to come in that you don't want. 
It's just a choice. So last week we stood up. I believe we're going to do it today. Well, we are. I believe, yeah, we are. We're going to do it today again. If there's something in your heart or you're, you're battling with a breastplate, don't let it be. Don't let it be. Because 2 Corinthians 5 makes it so clear that you stay, you are, you're forgiven. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So what are you going to do? Start thinking like a righteous person. Start acting, start speaking, start looking through the eyes of a righteous person. What is a righteous person? My God is for me, therefore nothing, nobody can come against me that can take me off God's Ephesians 2 verse 10 part. So if you are here and you want to just make sure and just get stuff in your heart that should not be there, that's there, just stand up where you are before the Lord. Just say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for my breastplate of righteousness. I thank you that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No matter how I have been living this past week, your gift, your free gift of righteousness is never taken away. So I watch my thoughts. I watch my words. I watch where I place my eyes. But I thank you for the breastplate of righteousness. I thank you that you chose me in Jesus Christ even before you formed the world. That is the gift that you gave me. That I came out of Christ. And you're never going to remove that. You never change your mind about me no matter how I walk. You are always for me, never against me. You are always on my side. You are always talking, leading, guiding through your precious, precious Holy Spirit. So I just come now, Abba, and I thank you that I have a breastplate of righteousness that guards my heart, and I choose to wear it well. I choose to keep it there, and I choose to let nothing but your word, your ways, your thoughts, your mind, your heart, your plan into my heart. And anything that the enemy would bring will bounce off of my breastplate of righteousness because it has no right in me because I am in you and I am seated in heavenly places. Thank you for taking out my heart of stone and replacing it with a heart of flesh. And that you daily write your laws upon my heart. So I hear you leading. I hear you guiding. I hear you speaking. I hear you telling me this is the way that you should go in my child. Because I guard my heart with your breastplate of righteousness. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your word. And thank you for your name. The name above all names that you have freely given to me. We thank you for this, Lord. We bless you. Thank you that we guard our hearts because this pleases you. Bless you, bless you, bless you. If you are here and you would like some more prayer, if you are here and you want to speak to someone, if there's something in your heart that, that's bothering you that you think shouldn't be there, there are people here that would love to pray with you. God bless you. And walk with that righteousness covering your heart.